<laughs> yes, you can move up if you want. Uh, the Shia is sponsored by Esther Weiner, as is a Fus for Rafu Shalema for Esther Bascharna Besok Sharchol Yisrael. Now, the, the Rambam is beginning to talk about the oneg, uh, the pleasure, the spiritual pleasure that one has in Olam Haba. Um, so I just wanted to wish Mazel Tov to Ilana Feld on the birth of a granddaughter, uh, to Menachem and Sipur, Hadassah Liva, they should be Zoha Legadla, Lutor Lehupel Maisen Tovin, and also Mrs. Birnbaum made a chasna last night uh, for their son, and I want to wish her Mazel Tov, and they should be Zohar to build a Ba'is Neman Bisra. When we reflect upon these two pleasures, meaning one of them, the pleasure of Olam Haba, which is spiritual, and as the Rambam taught us earlier, it's completely beyond our comprehension in this world because we relate to physical pleasure. And the second one, of course, are the pleasures of this world. Timsa pechisus ho'achas uma'alas hashniya. We will find the more inferior nature of pleasures of our world and the maila of the pleasures of the next world, which are ruchni. Now the Rambam says, we can even approach this from an example of our world. So we're going to take a few things that people strive after in our world that are not physical pleasure in the sense that they're not eating and drinking and enjoying in that way. They're different kinds of pleasure, but we can relate to it, as he's going to say. We find many people. And they work very hard with their body and their spirit, with labor, a tremendous amount of effort and tircha. For what purpose? In order to achieve an, a status of honor in other people's eyes, and to feel elevated by other people. So the Ramam is singling out a pleasure which is not physical in the sense that it's not eating and drinking, but it is a, a higher pleasure than, than food. People seek kavod. This pleasure is not about food and not about drink. It's of a different order. It's either a psychological, an intellectual, emotional, but it's not, you might say, an earthy pleasure. So we can start to relate to the idea of pleasure being something other than food and drink. Ukamochen, another example. Harme mibine adam bocher Many people are looking for another kind of pleasure. It's called revenge. Right? And looking to take vengeance from their enemies. Yoser me hasig harbe me taanuge haguf. And they're looking for that sweet vengeance more so than they're looking for pleasures of the body. Obviously, he's not justifying it. You're not allowed to take 
revenge in Jewish law. But let's say it's against our enemies, you know. Sone Yisrael certainly is allowed and even necessary. So the concept of oneg, that's not eating and drinking, but there's some kind of a satisfaction when a person is able to avenge what they need to against their enemies. It's a higher order of oneg. Baharbe mibne adam, and many people, misrachek min hagodol shabeta nuge haguv. They distance themselves from all kinds of worldly pleasures. Why? Miyuraso sheyastigehu mize cherpa uvoshes mibne adam. Out of fear that they will be ashamed and embarrassed in the presence of other people. So in other words, a person might want to do something and indulge, but they won't do it because a, a higher order of restraint is imposing itself upon them, embarrassment. So they really want to eat and drink that particular thing, but they won't do it in front of other people because maybe it will bring them embarrassment if they indulge. So here the Rabbah is giving us an example of restraint for higher purposes. The first two examples, which were Kavod and Nakama, th those were not restraining. Those were examples of people putting forth a lot of effort in order to attain the, those things, Kavod or Nakama. This is an example of a person pulling back from doing something. Why? Busha. Busha holds them back. Oh, Lefi Shemavakesh Shegehelo Shem Tov. Or the, the, the flip side of the coin, they want to have a good reputation amongst people. And they know if they indulge publicly in ways that are inappropriate, then they will not have a shame tov in front of other people. So now, the Rambam says, we're on page Kuf Chaf Hei, at the very top now. If this is true in our world, when it comes to a physical world, and now these other things, we can't call them spiritual, but we can relate to them as higher than just indulging with food and drink. So all the more so when it comes to truly lofty pleasures of the neshama, how much more great and dear that must be. The who and that is, the world to come. Our neshama will become enlightened with its comprehension of Hashem in that world. Just like higher spiritual beings like Malachim do, or even more, because we do know that a person's neshama, when it gets to Olam Haba, is masig even more than malach? In in our source, we're higher than angels. So we can relate to the idea of there being something higher than food and drink, even in our world, and kol shekain kavachomer, and the world to come, where the pleasure there is about yidias habore, coming close to Hashem through knowing Him. Vaoso tainug, that. Oneg in Olam Haba, lo It cannot be divided into different sections or categories. 
It's not a physical thing. Velo yisupar, it can't be counted. Velo yimatsay mashal, limshol bo oso haitainu. And we don't even really have a mashal, a proper metaphor, to describe the oneg of olam haba. It's so unlike olam hazeh, we can't even set up a, a mashal. Ella kamosha omar hanavi olavasham, but rather, as the Navi said, I think he's referring to David HaMelech here. Yes, David HaMelech. Kishenifla'a be'enav gedulas ha'tov ha'hu uma'alesa When he was expressing the Pleiadic, the wondrous nature of Olam Haba and that Tov, Amar, so he said, Mo'rav tuvcha asher tzafanta lireyecha from Tehillim. How great is your abundant good which you have hidden away for those who fear you. So notice he doesn't describe it, he just says it's Rav Tov, it's an incredible amount of Tov. Doesn't use a metaphor, doesn't try and relate to what it is, it's just hidden away for those who fear him. The Chenamru, Aleinu Similarly, the Chachamim said, Holam Haba, in the world to come, Einba, we don't have Loachila, we don't eat. Velo shesia, we don't drink. Velo rechitza, we don't wash. Velo sicha, we don't put oils on our body. Velo tashmish, we don't have marital relations. Elat tzadikim yoshvim va'atrosehem b'rashayim. So what happens there in Olam Haba? The righteous people sit there, they dwell there. Their crowns are on their heads. V'nehenim miziv hashchina. And they enjoy the radiance of the Shekhinah. Now again, we don't know what that means and what that's like. It's a spiritual pleasure. And we're there basking in the Ziv HaShekhinah. Now the Ramam here is going to say something which I really had to think about what he was saying. And the note on the bottom was also very helpful. He's going he's gonna to describe what, how he understands what this means that we're there basking in the radiance of the Shekhinah. So what does that mean? How can we relate to that? And he says, What does it mean when the Chachamim say, and we'll have our crowns on our heads? What are they saying when they use that mushal? I shouldn't say mushal, that mitzius, that reality, that our crowns will be on our heads. So he says, Our neshama remains. It's eternal. Right? The body dies, but the neshama is eternal. So hisho'arus means to remain. But even more specifically, it remains alive. It continues on. Bekiyum hamusko. How so? With the endur- along with the enduring nature of that which it has comprehended. I'm going to say that again. The neshama exists there. It continues to live in Olam Haba. Bekiyum ha-muskol. Now the muskol means that which has been comprehended. That's what muskol means. So what is that which has been comprehended? Hashem. He doesn't mean that we truly comprehend God. We never do, even in Olam Haba. But much more so than we do here. 
Now, Hashem is eternal. Hashem is infinite. He's always there. Was, is, always will be. Being that we made an attachment to the eternal HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our world, and then that was infused into our neshama while we were here in our world. Now our neshama, when it goes there, it goes there along with that internalized awareness and comprehension of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So it's the eternity of Hashem which is keeping that person in a state of eternity in Olam Haba. That's how the Rambam is saying it. So our neshama is able to exist forever because it has, to some degree, grasped Hashem and by latching on to that eternal being, it too remains eternal. So that's four words in the Rambam, right? Trying to figure out those four. I'm going to say them again. Kishoarus hanefesh, the soul remains alive and endures. Bekiyum hamuskol, five words. Through the enduring eternal nature of that which it has comprehended, which is Hashem Bahu Habore Isbarah. So now the Ramam has just stated, like in one line, a very profound statement about Olam Haba. Now it's a little different than later Sforam, like the Ramchal. The Ramchal more so talks about Devekus. So you become Devek Bahashem by doing Torah and Mitzvot. We internalize that in our world. And then that Devekus, that being close to Hashem, which is now expressed in Olam Haba, that just keeps getting closer and closer and closer for all eternity. So it's a similar idea that we're getting our eternal life from our Devekus Bahashem. That's what the Ramchal would say. The Ramam is calling it a Yediya. I don't know that they argue. They may just be using different words for the, for the same thing. The Ramam says, we comprehend Hashem to a certain way. And that allows us to latch onto him, to grab onto him, and he's eternal, and therefore so are we. The Ramchal is saying our Devekus Bahashem is what allows us to be close to him, and he's eternal, and therefore so are we. Similar idea, this is Yidiya, that is Devekus. Okay? Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to read that sentence one more time. It's so crucial. This is what he's been leading up to for all these many pages until this point. It's the first time he's ever said something about what Olam Haba is. He's told us what it's not many times already, but now he's saying something about what it is. So one more time. What do the Chachamim mean when they say Atroseim Barashehem? Hisha'arus ha-nefesh The soul remains alive. Through its relationship to Hashem, which it now understands to a certain extent. That muskol is Hashem. And that muskol, Hashem, which we have 
comprehend it according to our abilities, and us, they become one, meaning they merge. doesn't mean we become God, but it means we become united. So that muskol and us, the muskol Hashem vohi and the neshama, dover echad, they merge into a united relationship. Kamo shezacharuhu, as it was mentioned by Gedolei HaPhilosophim, the great philosophers, Bidurachim Yerach Biuram Bekan, whose words would be too lengthy to express here in this place. So doesn't get into that. Va'amru, and they also say, Nehenin Miziv Hashchina. That's another phrase the Chachamim used. We bask in the radiance of the Shechina. So the Rambam says, okay, what does that mean? Ratzalomar. Sha'osan ha-neshamos misangos. That this relationship of yidiyas habore, of being close to God through knowing Him eternally, that for the neshama is a tremendous source of spiritual pleasure. That's the idea of basking in the ziv hashchina. Again, sha'osan ha-neshamos misangos. The neshamos are in a state of spiritual delight. Bama shemasigos viyodos meamitas habore isporach. In that which they comprehend and know about Hashem. Kamoshamis angos chayos hakodesh, just as the holy angels above called the chayos hakodesh, ushar madregos hamalachem, and other different levels of malachem in Shemayim they also get spiritual delight. In that which they know and comprehend about Hashem. Now the great difference, of course, is that our, ours came through Bechira, and theirs didn't. Malachim were given that state of being by, fate, by the virtue of who they are and what they are. We were not. We had to earn it. And that's why our Hasoga is greater. It's an earned comprehension of Hashem, not a given comprehension of Hashem. Okay, so those are the two central facts that the Rambam puts down here by our neshama remaining eternal because it's attached to Hashem, who is eternal, and the attachment is called Yidiya, is Hashem. And secondly, that brings a great amount of pleasure to the neshama so much so that we can't even describe it in our world. So if you want to underline anything from these pages, I'd say underline those two things. That's where he says it. That's where he says his concept of Olamaba. Any question? Yeah, please. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what is merged is our neshamos and Hashem. But I want to be very careful with that because we do not mean that our neshamas become part of Hashem. We don't believe that. That's a concept in Eastern religions that your soul merges with God, it's all one. We don't believe that at all. We believe in getting close to Hashem. So merging in the sense that devekus is really the perfect word. We're extremely close and connected and tight, but we're not one. We and God are not one. We are united. We are close to each other. That's what we're trying to say. And the muskol vehi that the Rambam uses, 
the muskal is Hashem, and he refers to our neshama. Yeah, Ilana, please. Right. Excellent. Excellent. So, Elias' question how did this compare with the Ramchal and body and soul together? So, this appears to be a machlokes between the Ramban and the Mukubalan. The Kabbalists like the Ramchal, the Ramban, the Arizal. The Ramban seems to say that Olam Haba is the Neshama only, and the body is left behind. So he's describing not Olam HaNeshamos now, he's describing <coughs> Olam Abba. So he doesn't think body's Apparently not, unless we don't understand him properly. So Tchias HaMesim, yes, that will happen. The Rambam, of course, has that ad, as his one of the 13 uh, Yisodos of Amuna. Yes, Tchias HaMesim. But after that, the Neshama transcends the body and even goes higher without it. That's what it seems to be, the Rambam says. The Mukhubalim do not agree with this. As we saw in the Ramchal, they say, Olam Haba is body and soul together. And you have Olam HaNeshamos, which is temporary in between, when the body is in, in the grave and the, and the Neshama is in Shemayim. And then they come back together for Tchiyas HaMesim. It's a whole new kind of body, completely different kind of goof. It's not subject to death or sickness. It's very pure. It completely follows the neshama. And those two together are the human being. That is what takes us higher and higher. The Ramchal says that openly in the Derech Hashem. So, you know, the Rambam appears to disagree with that point. And that Chiyas HaMesim for him is a certain stage, a very lofty stage, and then the neshama goes on by itself. Yes, please, Elka. Lolam Haba. So for those people that um, are Tinoch Shemishba, they, right, but they will still have Olam Haba, but it seems like the Ramam here is saying that the Vedas that we, the Vitzvahs and so on that we did in this world is going to determine that Vedas. Right. So how does that. We don't know. It's a mystery, and it's certainly a mystery to me. You know, uh, perhaps they're attached, you know, to other people, and through that, they ch achieve their shleimus. I don't know. Like, how could it be that a person who lived here and never had even a hasoga, what it means to be a Jew, maybe didn't even know they were Jewish, right? So, so it's not their fault. So they're tinok shenishba. How do you get that without keeping Torah and mitzvahs? I don't know. The only way I can conceive of it is that somehow that neshama went through whatever it needed to go to those maybe some kind of an onesh or tikkun, and then it gets reattached you know, to its source with other neshamas, and then through them it gains that relationship. I'm just speculating. Okay. Um, yeah, um, he uses the word nefesh at yeah. the end here instead of neshama. Which he means neshama. He means neshama. 
even though it's called the nefesh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. We also say, you know, um, the Torah and Hashem, the Jewish people, are one. Right. Is this the same mm-hmm. point? Yeah. It's not really all one. It's really We're united. Close. We're united. Right. United is one. Yeah. Um, you throw the rice of the Kutcha Brihu Right. And then I guess the other thing I want to say is that I was just struck by the, when you first started it or. Right. The people that really is saying right. all those embarrassing things right. that we're doing. Right. But the people that are in front of us, even those of us who know the Hashem, it, it, it's, much, it's a much stronger. It is. Uh, it's very tangible. It, you know the story in the Gemara when Rabbi Yochanan was, uh, pa- was passing away, so his Talmudim asked him for a bracha. So he said, It should be Hashem's will. That the fear of heaven should be upon you like the fear of human beings. So they said, that's it? Like that's, that's your bracha? He said, halavai, it should be. Because a person is right in front of us. Hashem is too, but we have to really process that, that Hashem is right in front of us. Yeah, That's the nature of who we are. Great tzaddikim reach that level. You know, they fear only HaKadosh Baruch, they don't fear, fear people. But most of us are not in that league. Linda, please. Um, two things. One, just the idea that comes to mind when we talk about defining that merge, for me, has been like a magnet. Has been magnet. Okay. Is that a valid? Yeah, I think that's a good way, a good metaphor for Dvekus. Like magnets are stuck. Like that, the vacuous. You're not it, but you're stuck. Right? You're clinging to each other. And, um, and then uh, just a question that's, well, it's always bothered me a little bit, but I, I'm curious what you would say when you were talking about, you know, what you um, Do we believe that people who have passed away are at all conscious or caring about our actions? Do they watch us? There is a relationship, but it's very hard. It's a relationship, but it's very hard to pin down what it is. The Gemara asked the question: Are they aware of what's happening here? So some would say, some seem to say yes, some seem to say no. Yeah, sometimes they are made aware of what happens here, for whatever reason Hashem elects them. No, sometimes dreams, you know. So to an extent, but how that works and how it's managed if they snitched. No, yes, your yeah. mother knows. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you ever get like when you're in the shower in the bathroom or something and anybody like is anybody No. No, that's that's what if they have an awareness of somebody here, like a relative who passed away or something like that, a parents or grandparents, you know, that's more in the sense of Shmira and concern, you know, not about watching what we're doing. It's just about that they may be able to say a tefillah from their makam for us. You know, we have that, a gitabetari, a melitsyosha, that, that they are saying something up there in Shemayim that benefits us. It's that kind of 
awareness, not like they're watching what we're doing. Hashem is always watching over us. That he is. They're not. He is. <laughs> so I see it as a, um, as a stira that between the Ramchal and the Rambam is just that the Rambam does everything so intellectual. So it seems like he's coming at this from a mind point of view, and the Ramchal does the heart point of view. And that's why, like, even somebody who has no intellect, you know, like a disabled person or something, they can still have the debates because they want it. But the but they're never going to be, in other words, like you don't have to be brilliant to be able to be close to Hashem. Well, that's for sure. But the Rambam sees everything from such a... But I, I have to say this. The Ramchal is much more than a heart person. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Most of the Ramchal's works we can't even understand. But we have the Derech Hashem, the Das it's like, okay, we can relate to that. But his Kabbalistic works are not understandable. So he's, it's not just that he's going for the heart. He is very deeply rooted in the mind. But he has an expression of it, you know, which is different than the Rambam, but it's not because he's coming from the heart. He includes the heart, but he's coming from a great deal of mind just as well. Just as well. I don't want to just point that out. Yeah, please, very. Yeah. Yeah, our work on it. We know we can't comprehend. Right. And in this world even, but how much we worked on it, how much we tried to nurture our Yediyas Hashem, our Amunas Hashem, it would include Amuna and Bitochon. And Yes, all those things are encompassed in his word of Yediyah. Because it's, it's not just what you know, it's what you do. You know, mitzvot are a big part of Olam Haba, not just what you learn. So all of that contributes to our Yediyas Habore. Every facet of our Torah, mitzvot, avoda, tefillah, every single one of those things has a facet of Yediyas Hashem. So when you do an act of chesed, which is kindness for somebody, along with that comes a Yediyas Hashem factor. When you eat matzah on Pesach, along with that comes a Yediyas Habore factor. It's, it's in there. It's wrapped up in that mitzvah. But we're not aware of that. We're aware of it to whatever extent we are in this world. We learn about it, you know, from our forum, our Kedoshim, and we get a little bit of that in this world, but that's just the tip of the iceberg relative to what it will be over there. Please. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's in the harachim on there. It has to be that 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 we somehow touch that a little bit on Pesach night. That's really awesome. Yeah, that's a very good connection. And, and the other thing is um, the crowns that the Bnei Israel lost at Har Sinai mm-hmm. after the Eidol. Mm-hmm. Is this uh, was that something that they? What, yeah. That's always been very. I always wonder what that means. Yeah. That also has to do with their comprehension of HaKadosh Baruch Hu at the time of Matan Torah, you know, which they all got. We were on the Veeam at that point. We all got that, and then we lost it. So that 
Atar is very similar to this. Now, we, we were basking in the revelation of Torah, and that manifested as crowns. Very similar to what the Ramban is saying here. Do we yeah. achieve it in this world? <clears throat> yeah. Um, for, for that moment of Harsina, yeah, we, we reached very, very high up at that moment. And, but still not the same as this. Right. But, but getting as close as we can in this world. Yeah, Jody, please. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what's happening when we dive in at a kever? So there's a saver called the Drushos Haran. Right? The Ran was a Rishon. And he talks about that there's a Hashro'as Hanefesh of a person at their grave. So when, sure, when a person passes away, they're buried at that certain place, there's a little tiny bit of their nefesh, teeny tiny bit, which hovers at their kever. The neshama goes up into Shemayim, but there's a little something there. How so? Because they're buried there, right? Their body and then their bones. And the Yiddish bones are imbued with a type of spirituality in Kedusha. So that little bit of presence is still there at the Kever. And when we daven, number one, all of our forums say, we're only davening to Hashem. We never daven to a person, alive or dead. But we're saying, Bizuchus, this person who's buried here, please Hashem, answer my tefillos. So Kivrei Tzadikim or Kivrei Yavos, but we dive in it. It's Bizuchus, the person who's buried there. We can also ask that person to dive in for us. We can ask them that. Because it's such a concept that people in Shemaim can dive in for us down here. So you could request that at somebody's kever as well. But that's the idea. There's a Hashro'as Hanefishter, a little something remains. It remains by their kever. We kind of connect to that when we're there. But we're always directing our tefillahs to HaKadosh Baruch Rabbi Sena Khan? If we are experiencing this um, closeness with Hashem based on our, our comprehension of Him. Our comprehension through the totality of our experiences so, the Torah and mitzvahs, right, as I was saying to Dora, right. right. Mm. So I guess it seems, I mean, the Rav Chal seems to understand that there's a step there where that all becomes integrated in the person that he's talking mm -hmm. about. So if, it, if I would say it would be based on what I comprehend in my conscious state in this world, it wouldn't be too much to talk about, even though I might be directing my actions in a certain way and trying to do certain things, but you know, not walking around with that awareness that I'm like we made that comparison. Right, but your neshama is. Right, so it's happening in your neshama. So I'm saying that all is going to come together in the person. Right. And, like, and similar to the way the Ramakal says, what happens in all the neshamas that all of a sudden, like everything, it starts to up, right it's, it's, emerge and express. Right. And like to me, merge. To the person. That's a different merging. That, that's, that's who we are. So our mitzvot are absorbed by our neshama when we do mitzvot here in this world. 
Where does that koach go? It goes right into our neshama. It can't be expressed here in our world. So then we leave this world and it starts to express itself. But the merging he's talking about is between the neshama and Hashem. I guess the, see most of what I'm doing in this world is I'm not getting a, a great comprehension from the things I'm doing. So the relationship with Hashem isn't based on the mitzvahs I did, it's based on the comprehension that comes as a result of those mitzvahs. You mean when, when, according to the Rambam? It's not, well, it sounds like it's a, it's a relationship that's based on your yidios of Hashem. Right, but I'm saying that the yidios of Hashem are, are constantly happening to us as we go through our life of Torah and mitzvot. But, but I'm saying we don't seem to be... Beyond the level of our awareness. Right? We're mamish getting the tip of the iceberg. So I'm saying we have yeah. awarenesses that we're just not aware of. Correct. <laughs> and they're in our neshama. And when our neshama gets there, it will be very aware of those things and they'll fully manifest themselves. We have them, we own them, we just aren't We're not in touch with them. them. Right. So, for example, we sit down and eat matzah at the Seder, so we have a little bit of an idea of what that means, Zechus Misraim, and deeper ideas, it's the food of Amunam. But all of that, we are just aware of to our very limited abilities as Olam has that people. But on a deeper level, our neshama is experiencing that when we're eating that matzah in ways that we have no comprehension of whatsoever. And it's happening to us beyond our awareness. When we get there, like the Rambam is saying, that will all come out and be fully manifested, expressed, experienced, all those things. Ilani had a hand up a bit. So yeah. this just goes hand in hand with the levels of Yadiyas, um, depending on how, how we work in this world. So yeah. that explains the different levels that people are on when they can all move up. Correct. And the more we endeavor in this world, in Torah, Mitzvah, and Avodah Hashem, the more of those levels become a part of us, and the more we will attain in Olam Haba. Okay, All right, so we'll stop there. I'm really glad we got to that point because otherwise the whole semester, went, well, what's, what does he have to say about it, right? All right, so that's very important. Then next week, which will be the last class of, of this semester, we'll go a little weiter. And what we'll do is next semester, we're just going to continue in the same uh, section of the run because we have a lot more to go. So we'll just continue that in, this, in the spring semester as well. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs> Today we got a little bit. <laughs> so we don't, we don't, uh, we're frozen.